This program is a paid commercial announcement from Jacob Media Partners and does not reflect the views of WPHT or its management. The International Brotherhood of Electrical Workers, Local Union 98, is a proud sponsor of The Labor Show with J. Doc and Krause every Saturday night from 6 to 8 p.m. IBEW Local 98's highly trained and superbly skilled electricians are the best in the business, setting the highest safety standards in the electrical industry. So when you're planning your next industrial, commercial, or residential project, choose an IBEW Local 98 union contractor. Learn more at IBEW98.org. Now on Talk Radio 1210, WPHT, WPHT, HD, WOGL, HD3, Philadelphia, The Labor Show. Doc and Krause. If we don't move in our own direction, we're going to become extinct. In fact, in some cases, we're close to being extinct right now. Presented by the law offices of Pond, Lee Hockey, Giordano. Talk, listen, and speak to the region's most influential leaders. This is a special edition of The Labor Show with J. Doc, Krause, and John Doherty. And welcome in, everyone, to the John Doherty Hour here on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT, hour number two of the Labor Show uh, with J-Doc and Krause. Uh, Johnny Doc, my good friend, welcome in, man. Nice to be with you and nice to be with J-Doc tonight, who's uh, back in studio um, as we come to the Delaware Valley in the Philadelphia region and we come to them live tonight. So nice, so nice to have you here. How you doing, brother? It's great to have Jay Doc back, and you know I know he's going through some tough times, and just want to let you know, Joey, you, you know your father will live forever through you, and you know it's a pleasure to have you back, and, and you know you, you did a fabulous job under some difficult circumstances for that the last couple of weeks. So I just well, you know I'm, I'm, pr- I'm proud to I'm proud to share my name with you, buddy. Right back at you, John, and and uh, I really appreciate your kind words last week. Were just unbelievable. Um, and my whole family appreciates it. it. By the way, I'd be remiss if I didn't uh, mention, uh, you know, yourself, obviously, Local 98, Mark Lynch, um, the, whole, the whole crew was there uh, supporting. Um, so you guys have always been, you know, the best, and um, it was just incredible, man. I, you know, that the, it really made us feel good. So we want to thank you for, for your sentiments and, and, and for being there, brother. No problem. What's up, Joe? What do we got cooking this week? I did, t- John, I did tell uh, Jay Doc in a soft and in a lighter moment, but just to drill home the point, I did tell him that in his uh, absence over the last couple of weeks, um, you and I were somehow able to navigate the show, <laughs> get into the commercial breaks on time, uh, not miss any time cues, and really deliver a very tight, efficient, program uh without any unnecessary rambling so other than that i thought we other than that we missed them right <laughs> well oh, go ahead john go ahead yeah i just want to let you know uh i wasn't going to say it joe but uh <laughs> it was kind of smooth for a couple of weeks you know yeah. well you know what's funny about that john even though it, you know the ratings went through the roof once you came back on the show and started um there was a rumor that the last couple of weeks, they did take a little bit of a dip, even though the show was a little. So, I, I it, was it because of me? I don't know, but um, you know, I knew I, I knew where Krause was going with that, buddy. Uh, but it's 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 great, obviously, to be here and and uh, you know, uh, you know, run on your coattails, both of you. Is, uh, it's just uh, it's it's awesome. To I be did here. promise J Doc uh, last week with John coming out of. 
uh, last week's show, of course, was a holiday weekend, and um, we had a lot of uh, we had some good dialogue and a lot of fun, but lighthearted fun mm-hmm. um, last week. I did promise. Um, you know, back to business uh, this week with yep. the John Doherty Hour. We've got a good show yep. uh, on tap. Uh, Omar uh, or Omari Burvine is going to uh, join us from Transit Police Local 109. John Bland's going to join us at the bottom of the hour. Business manager for Boilermakers Local 13. We will have a lighthearted moment at the end of the show when we introduce, and we've been promoing it in the first hour, we're going to introduce the region to Scott Myers from Local 98. We'll tell you more about Scott a little bit later on, um, but remember that name. So that'll be a little bit of fun to end the show. Um, John, but I'm looking forward to um, some good conversation in um, both of our segments. I think there's real conversation on the table i think there's some tough opinions that need to be said um and i think there's some answers out there and we're going to use the opportunity to get it tonight well that's good like i said we have you know talking about uh underground policing i mean it it seems like every other day there's something going on in new york and then we had one of our septa policemen shot not long ago you know so i mean that should be a very sensitive you know, first conversation. And John Bland has done a fabulous job. And, you know, I mean, he met with the vice president and people who were in the room said he was the most articulate person addressing his individual issue, which he's masterful at. And he's going to be down in Washington talking to senators and Congress people again. So it's just nice to have someone from Philadelphia who in a roundabout way has become a spokesperson on the renewed energy and alternate energy issues. And they're, they're big issues in the construction industry. And like I said, the last piece, uh, you know, Scott Myers, we will have a little fun with that. I just want to let people know the kid, uh, we've been talking about grabbing FanDuel or one of these uh, people as a sponsor because we have so many people in our ranks that, you know, play with that. Well, you know, I was joking around with Scott and the rumor was he was 19 and four, you know, during this one cycle. And I said, you know, there's no way you can do that again. And I have to let you know from the time I told him that, to today, he's been 24 and 0 in Major League Baseball. So I know you're good friends with the Godfather. Maybe we could get like a, uh, you know, a uh, Apollo Creed uh, or uh, Rocky Balboa type thing going on, Joe, and uh, do something around here. We got a young kid who just doesn't lose, and we got a professional who's a friend of yours, and they both light up, uh, you know, Facebook and uh, Twitter and uh, the gaming world on fire. So. Just a little lighthearted moment. Yeah, I think that would be. I think that'd be good stuff, man. I think the Godfather would be all over it, man. I think he would love it. Ah, yeah. Well, he's the best in the world right now. You see that? I mean, he just, you know, him and his crew have they win all the time. I know he's a personal friend of yours, and uh, you know, he's added a lot of interest into uh, you know that FanDuel and that gaming world. And uh, and when you get Scott on, you're gonna like Scott. He's, I mean, he's one of the funniest people ever met. He's got a twin brother, Brian. If you put the two of them. In that Saturday night skit where they do the news, you wouldn't you wouldn't miss a beat. That's how funny them two are, you know. But uh, all kidding aside, you know, before we we move into that, I I like to jump in with something hot. I am in town, as you know. I live across the street from McGee with Sealy. I try to keep her as close to all the hospitals and rehabilitation places as possible. I also right next to the Center City uh, Sheridan. Um, the Youth sports fill that place up every other weekend. You have like an East Coast volleyball tournament going on, the Philadelphia Convention Center. 
And I've been making a point of talking to the parents of most of the kids as they want to leave or come back. Most of them, believe it or not, okay, even in today's rough environment, just love Philadelphia. And, you know, they're, they're, they're taking the kids and they're, you know, getting the cheesesteaks and they're doing everything like that after the fact. Uh, but uh, they, they cannot say enough good things about the Philadelphia Convention Center and the way that they're treated in there. And I happen to have had lunch with John McNichol, and he's a, you know, he pops in the show all the time. But I just wanted to get him another plug. These people were talking about it, talking about how clean it is and how prepared it is for COVID and all these things that normally scare people away are making this place more attractive. You know, the only thing I have to I want to talk to my good friend, the mayor, is that, you know, a couple of parents were saying that they thought there might be something you know, around that all the kids could have did. And, you know, I was thinking something on the way back, especially with the Sixers and Phillies playing back-to-back, you know, and having the IBW sponsored at East Market Street. I should have recommended, and we could have got the unions to do something if I knew it was this big. We should have, like, shut down Market Street from 10th to 12th and put the games on all them video cubes and gave these kids a real taste of, like, you know, hot dog carts and cheesesteaks and yeah. cannolis and stuff from Philly. And you know, I'm going to, I'm going to talk to John and, and Jimmy about, you know, when we have big groups like this coming in, let them, you know, do something special, you know, and I know, you know, I just thought that that would be kind of unique. You know, you put everybody in a, you know, like a little block party with the Phillies on one TV and the Sixers on the other. And, you know, even though we lost today, you know, they'll, they'll finish that off next game in Philly, you know? Yeah, I mean, give them a taste of Philly and a real, like, in other words, a convenient taste of Philly. Mm-hmm. I think it's a great idea, man. Sure and, and you're right. You know, um, I have uh, relatives that were, were coming into town. And, you know, you've had the uh, Montgomery County um, political leaders on, and you've, you've had a lot of individuals who are developers out there. And right now in, in, in Montgomery County, you can't get in uh, a hotel. You can't. I mean, they're so busy with you sports. So it is great, and I love that idea, man. I mean, you know, treat them to a, 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 a taste of Philly. Um, you know, it's great to hear they're saying all those things, and obviously the convention center is, you know, being run top shelf. So uh, all fantastic stuff, John. Great to hear all that. The John yeah, there was one, fa- Good, John. one family from Ohio, one family from New York. So from two different, you know, environments. Could not say enough things to me and uh, Celia and one of Celia's nurses today when we're outside talking about them. That's awesome, man. Good stuff. The John Doherty Hour, live here tonight on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. We'll get to a commercial break. Back on the other side. Stay with us. Tonight's edition of The Labor Show is sponsored in part by IBEW Local 98 North, UFCW Local 1776, Sheet Metal Workers Local 19, and the International Union of Painters and Allied Trades, DC 21. This whole nonsense about not giving workers the right to organize with so-called right to work, that's bad. Something like that comes to my desk, I'll veto it, not just because I'm a Democrat, not just because I'm pro-labor, but because I know for a fact that's not very smart. And back here live on the John Doherty Hour here on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT along with J-Doc. I'm Joe Krause live here uh, on a Saturday night. Going to jump right into it, J-Doc, as we talked about Omari Burvine, Transit Police Local 109, uh, is going to join us. Good conversation. Let's jump right into it, sir. Uh, Omari, uh, welcome to the broadcast, sir. How are you? Hey, good evening. How you guys doing? Well, we're doing great, and, and I don't know if you had an opportunity to um, hear John Doherty mention um, 
the officer that was that was shot, one of your members, and it just seems like our transit systems are so stressed. And your members, uh, you know, are, are you know you represent. Uh, you're the president of FOP uh, Transit Police Local 109, and uh, here in Philadelphia, um, talk about your membership and 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 what they do on a daily basis, man. Because um, you guys are going through it; they're going through it in New York. Um, what do you need to to, to 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 make things better and to improve uh, not only your members' um, your safety, but the but the but the general public's? Well, more cops. That's what we need. I mean, that's that's really the long and the short answer. Um, but yeah, we're we're the exclusive bargaining unit for um, all of the transit police officers that are employed by SEPTA, and uh, we're responsible for obviously ensuring the safety uh, of the passengers as they you know traverse the system um, throughout their daily activities. But um, but yeah, we're we're budgeted for about 260 cops. Uh, I believe we're probably, as of last count, about 30% down from that, which is about 160 um, by my last count. Um, so, yeah, that's, that's, that's what we're dealing with. Um, you know, and I think it's reflected by the, the, the rise in, in, in crime and violent incidents that you're seeing and um, hearing about on the news every day. Well, SEPTA got $1.1 billion budget. Anything that going to come your way? Well, you, you would hope so. Um, you know, and that, that's, that's, that's what's going to be the hope. I mean, we know what they've spent money on so far, and that's about $20 million some odd dollars on unarmed, untrained safety guides, which I'm not sure who, who that's going to keep safe, uh, but it's not going to keep any of the riders safe. Um, so, yeah, but we're going to hope that, that they're going to use some of that to close this pay gap between us and um, other area departments, you know, we make ten grand less than uh, your Philadelphia police. Fifteen grand less than um, a comparable department like Delaware River Port Authority. Um, so you would hope that they would use a significant portion of that to make this job more attractive to potential candidates, and you know, by doing so, make their their system a whole lot safer. John Doherty, Omar, just just want to let you know, I you know when I sat on the board at the DRPA. You know, any chance I got to raise the salaries over there. And uh, I hope, and usually when I see $1.1 billion, you know, coming in, I try, you know, in my role as a you know, labor leader and, uh, you know, head of the building trades for a few years just before I recently retired, uh, mm-hmm. you know, I would have lobbied hard to modernize and build and continue to build and maintain. But I'll tell you what. This cycle around, no matter what my role was, you know, I think you guys have to get a raise. I think you guys have to get more cops. And I've been critiqued in the past by saying this, and Joe and, and, and Krause will tell you that, you know, I always tell people, you know, you know that old saying, you can't go to a gunfight without a gun. Well, you guys have to have people, these people that are attacking people on the subway, the, the person who attacked, okay, your police officer, okay, they have guns. They have weapons. I mean, you need to be prepared. You need to be prepared how to use them. You know, I've always been, you know, I, I get, you know, we went through a two-year period where, you know, this nonsense about the fund, the police, and, you know, that's until they break into your house. That's right. until they beat up your kid. Okay, that's until, in the subway, you know, I didn't have a car, okay, when I was a kid. I think I was 24 years old before I got a car. I mean, that sounds crazy. 
you know, but I, you know, I, I was a kid with, and didn't have a ton of money. I was going through an apprenticeship program. I took the subway to work. Mm-hmm. Okay. I took the five bus back and forth to work. And so did a lot of other people. Okay. So, you know, I need your people to not only be there, but I need them to be prepared and I need them to have the same tools that mechanics have to do the jobs. And we've got to teach people how to, you know, to maintain, you know, the tools that we give them. And we got to try to make sure that, you know, they understand the sensitivity it's out there, but they're shooting at cops underground every day. Thank God. I mean, you see what's happening in New York. It's like somebody falls under or gets thrown under a subway every other day there. So look, yeah. I'm, whatever you can do, use this, use this platform, let, you know, say what you want. You know, don't be afraid. This is a labor program. This isn't a management program. Okay, so whatever's on your mind, get it out tonight, buddy. Let it roll. Yeah, I appreciate that. And, and it's funny, uh, you mentioned the uh, incident that happened in New York, and I just, you know, I, I just thank God that that didn't happen here, man, because we were just so underprepared for, for something like that. I mean, if you, you just turn on the news and every day it's, it's, it's something different. We just had a stabbing um, this morning uh, in Suburban Station. You got guys being pushed in the tracks, and every day there's, a, there's another report of somebody being assaulted, and we're just, you know, we just do not have the appropriate manpower um, that we need in order to keep people sufficiently safe out here, and it's, it's, you know, it's really disheartening. Omari, how do we get to the point we're already there, but how do we get to the point of eliminating a 30% deficiency in manpower. What needs to happen for common sense to set in and a realization occur that it's a re- this has to happen? We need to hire and get the workforce back to the Mendoza line. I don't understand why that's not happening. Raise yeah, the pay, well, the- Joe. That's what you do. You raise the pay. That's what they exactly. did at the DRPA. You raise the yep. pay. And people want to hire. There's a waiting list to get in at the DRPA. That's amazing. You know, yeah. one, time the, one time people were talking about, you know, having, because of the environment out there, having, you know, people like the DRPA go further than the bridges. And there was some pushback, you know, and I was in the middle of them conversations, too. Raise their pay. Give them the tools. You know, show them the respect that they need. Okay. Take a look at, you know, Ir- Irvis was 28 years old, mm-hmm. right? And by the way, how's he doing? How's he doing? He's doing good. He's doing good. He's home. Um, he's resting. He's recovering. Um, you know, obviously, that was a, a tough night, obviously, for him. But, you know, even for all of our guys, too, you know, just, just, just waiting outside the hospital, kind of holding our breath, um, you know, hoping to hear hoping to hear some good news. So, we, when they finally told us that he was in he was in stable condition, man, that was such a you know boost for our guys. And then we were able to get on Facetime with them, and you know, kind of gave us the thumbs up. So, you know, that was awesome. And even better than that was seeing him being able to walk under his own power and being able to give him a salute as he left the hospital. That was that, that was really good. But um, he's doing well. He's doing well. Well, our shout-outs to, to him and his family and for a, a, yep. a, a, a speedy recovery. Obviously, our thoughts and prayers are with him. And, and mm-hmm. like John said, uh, you know, whatever we can do to be a platform here, you think about the backup. How, how, many, how many officers um, in, in, in the union who, who are out there on the street? How many again? Yeah, as far as active officers, uh, the, the, 
Scepter likes to throw out a number of 210. Um, I think I heard the Chiefs say that at one point, but you got to remember that, that he's including big, himself. Right, in that but, but guess what? It's a big city. It's a big city. Yeah. 210 transit officers. We have a, a, the elevated system that goes from um, northeast Philadelphia to, to all the way up to Upper Darby. We have uh, yeah. countless countless uh, buses, countless trolleys. 200. You know, how, what, what are the chances that, that your members – the men and women on that job can get actual backup if they need it. Uh, minimal. And, you know, when you, when you really break it down, you got to remember that SEPTA travels into three different states. You know, SEPTA has coverage in five different counties, so it's not even just Philadelphia that you're talking about. And then you got to take from that 210, you subtract all of the command staff because he's including them in that number, and you got really 150 or 60 or so patrol cops. And then you got to split that over three shifts. So, you know, everybody on here can do math. You know, it doesn't work out to a number that's favorable when it comes to reducing crime on our transit systems. Well, absolutely. And, and, and there's, uh, John, you know, we, we I tell you, I mean, it's I, staggering. I mean, it's I mean, staggering, I, man. Yeah. These numbers are like I mean, every, every $1.1 billion, brother. It's time to start to, focusing on our transit police. Well, well, what needs to happen? The SEPTA need to, uh, Omar, what needs to happen? The SEPTA need to authorize writing a, a, a check to hire 35 more people? Or how do, I think we the, need 135 more What people. is the first step to nipping into the 30%? Yeah, I, I think I recently heard an interview with the um, the chief of police, and you know he said that it's a problem uh, all over, all over the country that nobody wants to be. And I just don't believe that. You know, I think at right now the problem is nobody wants to be a SEPTA police officer, and a lot of it has to do with what we just talked about. You look at the pay; you're ten grand under Philly, you're fifteen grand under Delaware River Port Authority, and then when you talk, start talking about some of these surrounding counties, you're not even in the same ballpark. You know, you look at another thing like um, the Heart and Lung Act, you know, our benefits. We're probably one of the only police departments in Pennsylvania that doesn't offer their police officers Heart and Lung Act coverage. You know, things like this, they just they are not conducive to making your police department attractive to the type of candidates that you're, you're, you're trying to attract, you know. That's unbelievable. You, well, you got to make the, the you got to make the listen, let me tell you a little secret to um, getting people to respond to your request. Make sure people, your members have to understand this. Make sure people start to know your name, Irvine. Make sure it gets out there. This is like, use radio shows like this to let people know. Because I'm going to tell you, the people that you deal with, if you take a look, and, and take a look at the names, you know, you got Willie and McNesby and guys like that. Everybody knows their name. Okay, sure. even from inside SEPTA, you look at Estelle and, and uh, Pat Dion, and everybody knows who they are. Okay, make sure people know who you are. I'm going to tell you because, you know, when you walk in the room and make sure your friends in the AFL-CIO, which you have a lot of them, and make sure when you, you know, we used to have this thing that was a think tank. And it sounds a little choppy, but, you know, it, it was laid out for people like yourself, you know, labor leaders who got their hands tied behind their back. Okay, yep. you're right. People did not want to be a SEPTA cop. Okay, and people underpaid because they didn't think it was a lot of action. Okay, well, that changed two weeks ago in New York. Okay, so, you know, I mean, the whole world stopped, you know, and one older 60-year-old guy, okay, with a, with a, with a, uh, a suitcase full of weapons, you know, shut down New York. Okay, so it don't take an army. 
And then, and like I said, just make sure that name Bervine gets around. Make sure you're on these shows. Make sure you know. And, and look, it took me a while, but it happens. When you represent your people like you do, the legitimate concern, standing outside, you know, praying that you know Irvis was healthy and, and came out of that. I mean, you're doing all the right things, okay? And your members will know that, okay? And and again, you know, you got you got you got access here anytime you want to talk about something. Definitely appreciate that. Omari Burvine from Transit Police Local 109 joining us here on the John Doherty Hour. Omari, thank you so much. Keep the fight. As John said, the platform is here. Uh, we'll see you next time. Appreciate it. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Appreciate you having me on. Thank you, John. All right. Good stuff from Omari Burvine joining us here tonight on the John Doherty Hour. We'll get to a commercial break. We'll pick up some time during the break. John Bland, another tough conversation coming up with our good buddy John Bland, business manager, Boilermakers, uh, Local 13. We'll have that. And on deck, pardon the pun, Scott Myers, back in a moment. This edition of The Labor Show is sponsored in part by Sprinkler Fitters Local 692, Laborers District Council, Steam Fitters Local 420, and the International Union of Operating Engineers Local 542. We're going to try to work with Republicans in a bipartisan way to find solutions to what really is not working. And back here live on the John Doherty Hour here on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. It's live here on a Saturday night. Special thanks again to Omari Burvine from Transit Police Local 109. And uh, a conversation for a different time, John, because I want to be sensitive to have enough time for John Bland in our next segment. Um, But amazing information that you gave, an amazing tip to Omari Burvine. Um, we'll expand on that in another program, um, but well done, well said by you, and I hope he listens um, to your thought. J-Doc? Uh, you know, having said that, um, we go from one busy labor leader to another one. Uh, like John Doherty said at the beginning of the show, there's nobody busier than John Bland. He's advocating from Harrisburg to D.C. to Philly and never stopping. Uh, John, welcome to the show, brother. Joe Doc, thank you for having me. Uh, Joe Krause also, and Johnny Doc, thank you. Uh, but one thing, Joe, let me tell you something, brother. I am so sorry for your loss. Philadelphia has lost a true, a true labor leader. Thank you, John. You know I love you, and, and you know we appreciate it. And um, Labor leaders like yourself um, made that day, and, and, and John Doc, and, and of course uh, all the rest of them. Um, made that day, uh, you know, a lot easier for all, for all of us. So I appreciate it, brother, and uh, can't thank you enough. Um, so talk about your, uh, you know, what's going on, brother. Uh, not much, you know. You know, we're just constantly fighting the fight. You know, I mean, it's one thing after another. Our energy independence is under attack. You know, uh, we, we met with uh, the vice president last week, uh, also the secretary of labor, Marty Welch. Uh, so that was a nice response we had there. At least we're getting our message out. You know, uh, we're heading down to our Boilermaker uh, congressional uh, reception and also our LEAP, where we'll be meeting with representatives down in Washington next week. Our president of Boilermakers Local 13, uh, Robert Kreider III, he will be attending. And also a, a really big man that's done a lot for Philadelphia, James Hall. He is also the president of the Philadelphia, the Boilermakers Local 19 for the Philadelphia Shipyard, constantly protecting and looking out for his men, fighting for the Jones Act all the time. So we have a lot going on. 
And you do, John. And 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 some of the issues that we talk about, um, and we on on a labor and and energy show, and 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 a lot of the things that we you know we talk about issues like RINs, the RFS, and Reggie. We can never speak about them enough, um, and how people are out there in the general public. That's not only impacting your workforce. But it's impacting us on a daily basis, the public, and they don't even know about it. And that's why Johnny Doc said, you were also speaking to the vice president, um, you know, as eloquently as anybody uh, on behalf of not only your members, but also the general public. Um, are we getting the word out there? Are we, are we, are we touching um, the general public? Because they should be madder than anybody um, that these things are going on. Yeah, we are. We are getting the word out there, and I think it's starting to sink home. I mean, I mean, I understand we have a major issue in the world going on right now with climate change. You know what? Climate change has been happening for a long time. And this tra- transition, trying to get away from fossil fuel too fast, is destroying our economy, and it will destroy, you know, our industry also. You know, President Biden, you know, his approval, you know, for rolling out more drilling, Permitting for more drilling, should I say, Joe? Yeah. You know, you're not going to see anything there. I mean, if you're starting permitting right now, you may it's not an it's not a, a fix today. It may be eight nine months down the line, and we got bigger issues than that because of the RFS. Over the last couple of years, we've lost eight nine refineries. We may not have the refining capacity for that. And and, and it's interesting uh, because. Safety is a, is 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 a priority to all of us. Our environment is a priority to every one of us, and that is what we want people to know. But we can't, like Joe Krause always says, I say, throw the baby out with the bathwater. Um, and so, having said that, I mean, obviously, uh, you know, we're doing what has to be done. What what, what uh, talk, anything good going on? In other words, in 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 in, in with, with with some of the gas prices, obviously, with that spike, does that actually create uh, more jobs for members or less. Joe, I want to jump in for a minute here because I think we're missing the beat here with, with John Bland. Okay. John Bland just said something. Okay. In, in his, well, he said a few things in the most recent three or four minutes. One, he talked about the Navy art and shipbuilding and the great job that Mr. Hall and them guys do. Okay. But I was right there. Okay. During the Trump administration, when we went to the white house and in front of Navarro, okay, who was his go-to guy who had an affinity for the Philadelphia shipyard, okay? We went down there when $600 million was still a discussion point. And at the time, and again, everything isn't paralyzed by politics because, you know, not only did, you know, we people, uh, you know, we had a lot of support. You know, from, of course, Brendan Boyle and Dwayne Evans. But, you know, Brian Fitzpatrick had his fingerprints all over, okay, them efforts. John Bland, Jimmy Snell, okay, spoke on behalf of not only the boilermakers in the U.A., but they were pushing the, the Navy Yard. They were pushing the shipyard. $600 million occurred. He actually gave the okay, the commitment, why we were down there. Okay, and they just got more money to continue shipbuilding. Okay, so when you hear, when, when you say that, okay, that the same guys were in talking to the vice president last week, they were not only talking to the vice president, the vice president was talking to them. These senators, they're senators that want to hear from John Bland this week. 
I joked about that early on, but that's true. No one understands his industry better than him right now. No one tells it, okay, to the people in elected office better than him because he doesn't do it in the role of a consultant or a lobbyist. He does it as a boilermaker. He's done a great job. Like I told you, I sound like I'm, you know, like I'm always pumping them and Jimmy and them guys, but they do a great job. And what he said is he's been saying that if you shut these refineries down, it's going to take a while to get them back up. Some of them are going to be, you know, like our own South Philly refinery, you know, is now preparing for warehouses and apartments and other things like that to sign refineries. Okay, there's eight or nine of them that went closed. He says eight to nine months. It's going to take a year or more, okay, on these areas that just said they're going to start drilling, just to see. It's going to take eight months just to see if they can. And then they're shut. There's such a, a, a shortfall of product, not only in the construction industry, the electrical industry, but in the refining industry. There's a backlog of a year for some things like breakers and gear in the electrical industry, the same things in the refinery industry. Okay, people are waiting. So, so it's great that the president did that, but more people have to listen to people who actually know what they're talking about, people who actually represent people like John Bland and Jimmy Snell and Anthony Gallagher and the people in, the, in, in this industry who do it. So when John says that, okay, we talk, yeah, it's, it's politically correct to say, talk about, in, uh, you know, independence and, you know, and uh, climate control. Listen, when we don't do gas here and we don't do refinery here, the climate gets worse. You know why? Because they do it in foreign countries where they don't care about workers. Yep. Okay. It's the same air. It's the same environment. Okay. The carbon that gets out in China has as much effect on the floods in the United States as it does in China. Okay. So we have to, we have to get our heads out of our butts and start to realize that sometimes it doesn't matter what the issue is. I could care less if it's AOC or Brendan or Brian Fitzpatrick. I just want jobs to keep these kids working and do them in a safe manner. And, and, and listen, nobody understands the environment better than John and, and, and Jimmy and these guys. And they want their kids live in this world, too. Their grandkids live in this world, too. They don't want them washed away in a flood any day soon. So, John, just you know, I, I hate like to jump in, but I just think the skill sets that you bring to the table are so underestimated. It's, it, it, it's a shame. And the fact that people are starting to listen to you, I know that Marty does. I know that Marty understands what you guys say, and I know he's reacting. And that's why and why Marty was the head of the Boston Building Trades. He's a labor leader at heart. You know, he's smart enough to yeah. get in the system because you can't change it from outside. John, that's enough of I appreciate me. appreciate that, you know. Hey, hey, Doc, I appreciate everything right there. You know, the perfect example is you mentioned the Sun Philly refinery that we lost in 2019. You know, we only lost one unit. That refinery could have started up the following week if they wanted to. But you know what happened in 2019, that following winter? Then you had Russian crude coming in to support the Northeast because we didn't have the capacity or the, the blending to get that product there. The same thing is going on right now. You take a look at Paulsboro Refinery, PBF. You know what? That plant is idling. We're, we're, we're talking about high gas prices. We need to get more product to the market for the consumers. That, that refinery is not really functional right now. They have most of it idling. They're not making as much gasoline because of our own EPA regulations, which is going to devastate them later on if they don't fix the RFS. 
have we ever recovered from the PES shutdown, John? And uh, not 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 only with jobs, but the economy. Two minutes, everyone. I don't John think so. I, I, I don't think so, and I think it's going to take a long time. And, and when you talk about recovery, you're not going to see it because you're going to just see the imported products fill that void. Yeah, the jobs I mean, are gone. John's people right now are working, doing a couple shutdowns in some of the nukes. And again, when we talk about nuclear power, people get crazy. We talk about liquid natural gas coming up to Delaware, they get crazy. We talk about a refinery work and they get crazy. Okay, they have to understand that, you know, the people like John Bland, Jimmy Snow, Anthony Gallagher, all the people that have been in that industry forever, they live in these same neighborhoods. They employ most of the people in them neighborhoods. And that nuclear power is something that, you know, I've always been for. It's clean, it's safe, and the, and the tools and the fusion-type things that are in it today make it way more safer than it ever was. Okay, so uh, when I tell you, when, when, when your neighbors who are in this industry speak, please listen to them. Because, you know, if you don't, okay, you're going to have more floods anyway. Your gas is going to be sky high, and we're going to be paralyzed by partisan politics who use our jobs, okay, to get elected, or in some cases are going to get unelected. Absolutely. John Bland, we got about a minute, if you Less will. Less than that, you know. Uh, uh, parting words, my friend? You got it, man. And like I said, uh, Johnny Dock was 100% right. I mean, right now, Limerick just had a nice size major outage. Berwick had a nice outage. And, you know, my members benefited from that, and the communities, uh, you know, the hotels, everybody commun- everybody benefited from that. We vitalized those those communities. You know, you want to talk, take a book, look at some of the countries that run the cleanest. You take a look at France that runs 70% of their country on nuclear power. You know, you Say see that what again, John, so everybody hears that. Say that one more time loud and clear. Well, you, you 70% take a look at France, of France runs on nuclear power. 70% Incredible. of it. Incredible. And well I said. think we have one nuke built going on right now. And we're hoping that one of the new plants comes up here. We're all working really hard for that. And we deserve it. And we're going to do a great job. And our country needs it. And people have to start waking up and not and, and not shutting their eyes. We can't, like John Bland said and John Doc, we can't just shut down uh, our fossil fuel industry, sacrifice it for overseas where they're going to run it uh, run it amok, not using the same environmental standards. And, then, and, 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 and we're crap out of luck. It's, it's, it's absolutely ridiculous, and we're doing it to ourselves. Good stuff, John Bland, the Boilermakers. Thank you so much. Appreciate you jumping on here live on a Saturday night uh, on the John Doherty Hour. Uh, we'll let you go into the night on Saturday. We'll get to a uh, commercial break. One programming reminder, by the way, tune in tomorrow night, Sunday, here on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT at 6 p.m., the Labor and Energy Show, for more information. We'll take a commercial break. On the other side of the break... We finally get to Scott Myers back in a moment. Tonight's edition of The Labor Show is sponsored in part by Ironworkers Local 401, Boilermakers Local 13, Plumbers Local 690, Roofers Local 30, and IBEW Local 98. Choose a Local 98 contractor. He's a jolly good fellow, for he's a jolly good fellow, for he's a jolly good fellow, which nobody can deny, which nobody can deny, which nobody can deny, for he's a jolly good fellow, for he's a jolly good fellow, for he's a jolly good fellow. 
which nobody can deny. Jay Doc, I was going to have you sing that to John Doherty, our host tonight, for in celebration of his birthday. Sean, well done. Uh, great job. Great way to come back into our final set. Happy birthday, Doc. Yeah, that's Monday. Yeah, well, you know. we know we don't. We want to get it in before because we know we're not going to we're not going to be talking all next week. Yeah. Uh, I was going to sing Happy Birthday, but the the ratings would go down yeah. right down the tubes. All right, let's get to it. Let's uh, bring in John. I'll let you do the introduction. I don't want to run out of time, but listen, when it's your first time on the John Doherty Hour, you don't get a lot of time unless you earn that time. Uh, let's get to Scott Myers. We've been pumping this guy up uh, since the first hour of the show, right when we came on. Uh, John, I'll let you do the introduction who is scott myers as he joins the no winner hour. well listen I, I would have a little fun with him he's basically brian myers's brother okay they're twins they're they're two of the greatest guys the great electricians you know uh brian is uh, is one of the teachers up there with mikey neal he's probably the number one code specialist in the whole country today there's just sharp guys i i know their family i know you know i i knew their dad wives a lot their mom's a sweetie they're just good people their kids are great athletes. They go to prep schools. Scott himself has had some hurdles in his life. He's jumped over them. He's doing well. Uh, they're, they're hilarious. They're, they're, anybody who knows them will tell you that if you sit around them long enough, okay, you'll wind up, you know, laying on the floor laughing. They're just great. I said earlier that if you took that skit, which is world-renowned on Saturday Night Live, the newsroom skit, and you put them two guys on that skit, they, would, mm-hmm. they wouldn't miss a beat there. They're great. Uh, Scott is also has a daughter who is one of the premier freshman softball players. I would like to say that people say on the East Coast, but I, she could be one of the better freshman players in, in the high school system in America. He, I mean, just an amazing talent. But Scott and myself, we joke around all the time. You know, and he's teasing me. He's always sending me something. He's, you know, he's got a, a man on fire walking in the lot, one of the casinos with his bets in. So he was joking and he said to me, you know, we're 19 or four. I said, it's funny. I said, we were just talking about getting some, uh, you know, sponsorship on the radio show. And I said, you know, Philly Godfather's good friends with, uh, with Krause. And like he said, well, you know, I, I know as good as them. And he said, I was like 19 or four. So since then, he's been sending me his bets right before the games on who he likes. You know, and he was joking with me that the people that take his bets have to wear oven mittens. He's so hot, right? And I was, he just cracks me up. So I said, I got to get you on. I don't care if it's two minutes a week or something, just for you to give who you like. Well, in the meantime, he went 24 and out. I think he's like 37, three and one since the last time that he went 19 to 40. He said to me, oh, I can beat that. I was joking with him. He sent me a text one morning. He was like, he was like uh, 17 and 0. I said, well, you need two or three more to win. He gave me three games after the first one went. He sent me a text that said, oh, um, I almost fell out of my chair laughing. We got to get him on the air. He's got to tell us how he does it. I'm telling you, it's amazing. He what's had 24 the, straight freaking games. Scott, what's the secret, man? Well, first of all, I thought the Jolly Good Fellow was for me, so I was a little disappointed. When I that. that's, that's first off. My, my family sings that to me every morning when I walk down the steps. That's Listen, I, uh, I just get a feel for these games. Um, I don't, there's nothing special, you know. I respect what the Godfather does. I have my own little thing. I, I'm, I'm a sober guy. I wake up with a clear mind. I'm a, I'm a you know, four-for-four guy, like John said. And, uh, you know, we're, we're serious people. We have 
we're, we're in business and all together, but the first thing we all talk about when we get to the jobs and we get in the office is, the, did you see the Phillies game? Did you see the Sixers game? And that was my whole life. That's the way we were raised, you know? And um, I, I just – I don't bet just to bet. If something jumps off the page at me, I'll bet. So some days I won't pick a game. Some days I'll pick eight. I'm a 24-0 man. You're going to be getting 24-0. That's yeah, incredible. well, it's all documented. It's all documented. Really? Joe Krause, you're, you're the sports guy here. Well, uh, so Scott, got- I don't know how much of the show you've listened to over the last two hours, but I will tell you this before we run out of time here on a Saturday night. I've been pumping you up since the beginning of the show. Yeah. John has been talking about you for the last couple of weeks, so I'm so glad that we got you. I'm so glad we got you on uh, tonight uh, on the John Doherty Hour. And, and listen. That invitation is there as John extended. If you want to join us on a weekly basis, we'll love to have you on. The I picks. might. Make uh, the picks. Yeah, we'll have some fun. You Absolutely. Like you, Absolutely. And, and listen, your first time on still holds true. You don't get more than 35 seconds on the John Doherty Hour your first time through, brother. But you sound like uh, you know what you're doing. Good stuff. Well, we got, and we got to well, come up with the name, the name of the segment. Well, 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 listen, about, guys. Real quick, we got to get we got to get Philly Godfather and, and and this kid. We we could have our Apollo Creed, Rocky Balboa, the legend against some young kid. You know, guys. Both of my kids play high school volleyball as well. I was at that tournament last night down at the convention center, which John was talking about. And that building is beautiful. It's well maintained by Jackie Marvel and the boys. I just wanted to put that out there. That is a beautiful building, and I am on fire. If anybody wants my picks, call me off the air. <laughs> and, and he is, as we say goodbye on a Saturday night, he is Scott Myers. That's going to do it for this edition of the John Doherty Hour here on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. On behalf of our gracious host, John Doherty, on behalf of J-Doc, I'm Joe Krause. See you next time, everybody. This program is a paid commercial announcement from Jacob Media Partners and does not reflect the views of WPHT or its management.